0: Some scholars will argue that the Bible got it wrong and Moses is not the author of the law because God is referred to by different names. But what does the evidence show? Hey, I'm William Dyer. This is Dyer Conversations. Welcome to today's podcast. Okay, if you're just joining me on today's podcast, I want you to know that there are some earlier episodes. This is just the latest edition in a playlist I'm doing on the reliability of the Old Testament as we examine the law of Moses. So if you've missed those earlier episodes, I will put a link on the screen, or you can click on the link that's in the description below. So in the last episode I did on this playlist, I gave you an introduction to the five pillars that the historical critical method uses to say that their method is the right way to approach the Old Testament as opposed to the traditional view. So now we're going to actually get into examining those five pillars. So pillar number one is going to be different names for God. So the two big names that are used for God in the Law of Moses are Elohim and Yahweh. And as I also laid out in an earlier episode, the main proponent, or I would say the first proponent of this, who's really known for it, is a guy named John Ostruk. And he began formulating a theory that said, look, we have these different names for God that is found in the Hebrew text. So we find Elohim and we find Yahweh. Now what he did is, and what subsequent scholars did, is they built upon this theory and said, listen, if we have these different names, then that means Elohim had to come from a line of sources, and then Yahweh had to come from a different line of sources. And what the um, composer of the Pentateuch, which remember is the first five books of the Old Testament, what the composer of the Pentateuch did is he took the source documents that used Elohim to refer to God, and then took the source documents that referred to God as Yahweh, and he kind of picked and chose from them and matched them together and formed what we now have as the Pentateuch. The question is is this theory correct? What does the evidence actually say? On today's episode, I'm going to show you that it fails on two major fronts. So, simply stated, This theory is just false. Here's what we know now after decades and decades of study into the Hebrew text of the Old Testament. We've learned that the term Elohim, and all of its cognates, that is, um, is a general term for God or the deity or a deity, whether it be the Hebrews talking about the deity that they're referring to, or whether it be one of the other... Ancient civilizations that Israel was contemporary with and the deity that they were referring to. So Elohim was simply a common term used for God or a godlike figure. However, Yahweh, that term on the other hand, is specifically uh, designated to Israel as the name that God revealed to them by which he was going to be called. So I'm going to give you a quote here by a scholar named Umberto Casuto, and again, I will put the footnotes in the description below so you can go uh, check it out for yourself and read around the context. But he is a rabbi and a former professor of Hebrew at the University of Florence, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Hebrew language today, and I want you to know that I'm not just speaking off of what I think, but I'm also backing it up with real Hebrew scholars. And here's what he says. On the other hand, the name Yahweh is a proper noun, the specific name of Israel's God, the God whom the Israelites acknowledged as the sovereign of the universe and as the divinity who chose them as his people. Okay, this first pillar of the historical critical method fails what I call the common sense test. It just doesn't pass What's common sense? I mean, you think about it on how we use language today. In today's culture in America, we can refer to God using a common noun, God, but we can also refer to God using specific names like the God of Israel or Jesus Christ, who's God incarnate, or Yahweh, right? You know, we can use some qualifiers, to specify which God we're referring to. So for example, if I'm talking to another Christian, I don't need to use those qualifiers. If we're talking about uh, the Bible and I say, well, you know, I read that God said, or hey, I was praying to God the other day, they're going to know who I'm talking about. I don't have to use qualifiers for which God I'm referring to. However, If I'm talking to somebody who's not a Christian, but is also not an atheist, somebody who believes in some sort of supernatural power or deity, or at least maybe is seeking and open to the concept that there is a God-like figure out there, and I'm describing to them the sort of God I believe in, then we can use the general term God, even though their concept of God might be different than my concept of God. So we use the same sort of language today where we can talk about God using a general term, but then also specific terms. Okay, this first pillar doesn't just fail the common sense test. It also fails the theological test. What do I mean by that? That is, if you take the principle and actually apply it to the Scriptures, even though it might sound like a good principle, just on the superficial level, like right on the face of it, when you actually get down to applying it to the Scriptures, you realize this thing just falls apart. So I'm going to give you just one example. So we're going to go back to our uh, Hebrew scholar friend, Umberto Casuto. And what he did was he took this principle and he applied it just to the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. Now, the wisdom literature is going to be Proverbs, Psalms, and the Song of Solomon, all right? And so what he did was then he examines how those letters use the term Elohim and its cognates like El uh, and and other um, designations of it, or how it uses the term Yahweh. So he's looking in the wisdom literature, and he's saying, listen, I need to figure out, is this principle that the historical critical method is pushing, is that something that can be applied to the scriptures, and it makes sense, or does it fall apart? Well, basically, to, to kind of summarize what he gets at, he tells us that the authors of the of the wisdom literature, they use these non-specific terms of Elohim and all of its cognates, um, but The specific name Yahweh is used when it's just a purely Israelite setting. So basically what he says is just when the Israelites get together and they're talking about God, they would use Yahweh. However, if they were going to be interacting with other cultures, they would use the term Elohim, the more general sense for God. That makes sense, right? This is what I said earlier. If I'm talking to somebody who doesn't believe in the Christian God, then I'm not going to necessarily use specific terms for the God I believe in when we're just talking about God in a general sense. He goes on to conclude, and I'm going to give you this quote here, There is no reason, therefore, to feel surprised that the use of the names vary in the Torah. On the contrary, we should be surprised if they were not changed about. So here's why that is important, because the historical critical scholar will come along and go, listen, we have these multiple different names that are used for God. Let's just categorize them under Elohim and Yahweh. The problem is they jump to the conclusion that because there's different names, that the only reason, the only reasonable reason that that is, is because, well— This has to be one source of documents, and that has to be another source of documents that some later editor came along, pulled from both of them, matched them together, and now we have the Pentateuch. However, if you actually um, investigate the Hebrew language and how the Israelites use these different terms, what you come to learn is that Elohim is a general term for God. Yahweh is the specific name that God revealed to Israel as this is who I am as a as a person as an you know an actual um, being. this is the name I want to be called by. but then also you see that the authors in the Old Testament use these two terms for specific settings. That is when Israel might be um, interacting with other cultures, they're going to use the general term Elohim, uh, unless there's a reason why they're going to refer specifically to their God. But when they're talking to each other, and they're talking about God, they're going to call Him Yahweh. So, again, when we actually examine the evidence, we realize that the principle cannot be consistently applied. It's not accurate as to the way the Old Testament actually uses it, and it just jumps to conclusions without considering the other explanations that are there. So, this first pillar crumbles when you actually look at the evidence. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you disagree with me, make sure to comment on this video. Also, click the like button and subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. And until next time, keep on examining the evidence.